You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the Cloud Security Alliance, recorded live at London Olympia as part of InfoSec Europe 2017, presented by Richard Morrell. Recording today at London Olympia as part of CSA Summit here at InfoSec Europe. My name is Richard Morrell. I'm presenting the CSA podcast here as part and parcel of CSA Summit. And joining me across the desk today, Paolo Passeri from Cisco. Say hello. Hello. You've just come off stage giving a talk on Umbrella, a Cisco technology, a Cisco acquired technology. Tell me, what is Umbrella? It's a, it's a different approach to cloud security using the DNS as an enforcer of a first layer of security and also a transparent mechanism to proxy the traffic when it's needed. If I could summarize the features of Umbrella in two points, I would say that the first one is that the DNS is obviously a protocol that is used by everybody to connect to the internet. And so this means that the security can be easily enforced, uh, no matter if the users are connecting from um, inside the network or they are traveling a lot, because they just point, they, they just need to point their DNS traffic to us. And the other way is that DNS allows to create a predictive model, a predictive paradi paradigm for security, because basically we analyze uh, more or less roughly 100 billion DNS requests per day. 100 billion? 100 billion, sorry, yes, exactly. Wow. And we, we correlate this information, we literally connect the dots, uh, because DNS plays an important role in the creation of the malicious infrastructures. And so connecting these dots, analyzing this data, we can identify the malicious infrastructures while the criminals set them up and hopefully prevent their malicious actions. So does Umbrella allow you to be able to create an exportable threat list? No, it's too huge. It's, we don't like to... But it's, it's, it's an opportunity where you think about it. It's, you talk about the amount of traffic you're absorbing. Yeah. Doesn't that give you the the perfect opportunity to create, I would say, this this magnetic list that everyone would kill for? The problem is we do something similar. The problem is that it can't be a list because uh, it's a dynamic. It's is is a dynamic list. Basically, we, every day on average we enforce uh, seven million malicious destinations in our threat intelligence. But it's a highly dynamic list in that new domains are added all uh, domains which not pose a risk any longer are removed. So it would be impossible to summarize everything in a simple list. We have a different approach. We, we put our threat intelligence at disposal for organizations uh, that need it. They can query our threat intelligence through a set of API or they can have a console called investigate where they can submit their IOCs like domains, IPs, hashes, etc. and uh, and see all the information that we have for our threat intelligence for this IOC. But um, our approach is different. We don't like to say that we enforce a blacklist. I would say that we enforce a set of dynamic algorithms that run simultaneously on the 100 billion DNS requests that we receive and process each day. So this is really, this is a, this is a hosted service? Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's only cloud because we need yeah. the power. Was, to it's not just the power. You need the elasticity to be exactly. able to provision this thing. How many hosts are we talking about, roughly? I mean, it's going to change, but on, on a good day, how no, many hosts are you spending for that? We have, uh, basically, our infrastructure is ex extremely complex because we have uh, 25 data centers worldwide. Obviously, right. we must provide a service. You know, one important thing of Umbrella is that when it was created at the beginning, back in 2006, was not as a service aimed to provide security. It was just a, a fast and recursive DNS service. So the network was built with the uh, resiliency and yeah. the performances in mind. But also with the constraints of a physical platform. And now it's moved from being a physically hosted, how many calls have we got in a box, to a elastic, provisioned, cloud entity which scales as much as it needs to it, yes. it's completely different in 11 years it's moved from here to zero to hero and new things will come obviously because now we are part of of cisco actually also the number of dns queries that we are processing i remember when i joined uh, open dns two years ago probably just before being acquired by cisco actually mm -hmm. it was exactly two years two years ago the official figures were 70 billion DNS requests. I've still got my DNS sticker on my Linux laptop. <laughs> and and now now yes, after two years we are we just hit uh, the milestone of 100 billion. I think a few weeks ago. And so obviously the platform, the scalability of of the platform is extremely important for us because we provide security obviously, but we provide security. We want to provide security in a fast and efficient m manner. Do you find there are specific customers and services who find this invaluable? I mean, does it lend itself to specific? I'm thinking like the Wimbledons and 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 the motor racing stuff, or or, or companies, or the, the tax authorities who want to be able to essentially put another layer of filtered, not necessarily filtered protection, but segregated protection between themselves and the malicious evil world out there. Absolutely, uh, one of the one of the the fact that we enforce security via DNS make very, very simple to enforce our protection and to set up our solution. In most cases, customers literally need to change a configuration on their DNS infrastructure. So it so they're just literally pointing at Yes, absolutely. It's like a reflector, that's it. Absolutely. It's just a, uh, that's the way, for instance... So you change a host file... Not the OSFAL, the forwarder of the DNS, right. basically, in most cases. That's exactly what Cisco did, and Cisco is probably the so most you're, you're, All you're doing is substituting out DNS servers. That's it. Yes, exactly. So this is, for, for instance, we, uh, we have a public uh, case study for the Rio Olympic Games. Yeah. We have... Uh, we, I mean, that, that's the angle I was taking. This lends itself specifically to high-volume traffic, high profile mm -hmm. portals high profile brands where yeah. essentially what they can do is take a layer of the uncertainty and farm it out to a third party who have got the ability to scale out because uh, you couldn't do this if you were a startup i mean you you've got the benefit you've been acquired by this huge enormous beer moth in the networking world which gives you scalability like you've ne you never dreamed of it's, and also, it's not only a matter of scalability. It's also a matter to provide our customers with new ways to uh, consume our service. For instance, we are integrated with the Cisco routers. We are integrated with the 
Cisco VPN client, any connector, and obviously other integrations will come for it's it's just like we are we are literally giving our customers new ways to simply uh, consume our te technology and in this case of course the 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 fact to have been acquired by Cisco gave is giving us tremendous opportunities and most of of all it's a, absolutely a catalyzer when you say a catalyzer it's it's also an educational opportunity isn't it for you to tell a story Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say that uh, one of the uh, one of the things that I love when, for instance, when we visit customers, when we uh, set up our solution, is that uh, basically we provide uh, uh, we shed light or or on their their blind spot. Mm -hmm. Basically, in many cases, we. Uh, meet uh, customers, we need organizations who already have other solutions in place. They are happy, they believe to be happy simply because they, they, everything that you don't see is not a threat for you. Mm -hmm. And we show them actually what can be hidden inside their network. And most of all, we educate them to understand how the threats are evolving, how they are becoming more and more sophisticated and able to evade traditional solutions. But, do you, but do you think that like, as bandwidth and especially storage have become so cheap that maybe some people working in socks and sims and maybe some security offices, etc., they take their eye off the ball when it comes to DNS because all these, all these resources have become so cheap to utilize. Whereas before, back in the day, when our storage was filling up, when, you know, back in the day when I was at Zimbra, you know, trying to work out message sizing and spindle sizing for storage, that gave you an indication of how hot your network was. Mm -hmm. Because stuff becomes so cheap, we look at other indicators on the network for trouble, whereas DNS, immediately, it's like a thermometer. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and also, one thing, for instance, as I said before, uh, during my... Uh, my presentation, uh, DNS plays a very important role in the malicious infrastructures because it provides flexibility to the criminals, it provides the ability to move it quickly if we think, for instance, to techniques like the domain generation algorithms sure. that uh, can quickly move the malicious infrastructures. Basically, uh, it, uh, it, it plays a very important role in the kill chain. According to our statistics, for instance, the 91% of the cases, uh, a callback uses DNS. And this <coughs> is a, a, I would say it's a quick win for all these organizations who need to have visibility, complete visibility. Also because, it's as we mentioned previously, it's very simple. We they, our customers just need to point their traffic and it's done. Basically. But what does a win look like to a customer? What does because the thing is right? DNS is boring. No, it's yeah, not boring. yeah. Well, okay. D DNS shows us our 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 lifeblood, our 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 skeleton on the internet, <laughs> how things are connected together. Yeah, but how do you report back to a customer that nothing happened? Oh no, it never. Uh, yeah, it may happen. If it happens, chapeau, of yeah, course. Yeah, but he, but they're buying a platform essentially just. What it gives them is this: is it's like it's like an indigestion tablet you're selling them. It depends. It depends on the sensibility of the customer. I would say. 
I know I don't want to speak about uh, to talk about football because, as I said, Ju Juventus lost the final. But they did. anyway, a security s solution is just like I I say as I say it's a it's like a goalkeeper of a strong football team. During one match, you can get only one shot. Yeah, but you need to take it. I would say that, obviously, if we are able to detect something during the POV, that's absolutely fantastic. Our, we are happy, the customers are happy, most of all if they have other solutions in place. But if, if they have the right sensibility, they should understand that if in this moment we are not picking up anything, this does not mean that it could happen. And when it will happen, you must be there. You must be like the goalkeeper. Whereas what you are are essentially are the 24-7 sleeping policemen. <laughs> yeah. Because essentially it's there in the background, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, a, it's, a, it's like this, basically. I, I'm, sometimes it, it happens, but uh, if we are able to convey the message or most of all to find the right uh, um, awareness, uh, it's easy to understand the value of using the DNS to shed light on everything that is normally hidden and stealth. For, uh, for me, the greatest satisfaction is when, for, for instance, when normally we, co we, are, uh, we compete against uh, tra other traditional solutions like proxies, but... Uh, but, th but this has got real avenues because if you look at how companies are now they're less worried than they were about provisioning to the cloud less worried than they were however all of these mobile applications all require dns yes absolutely they they require dns and they can be accessed from everywhere so i see i see I'm noticing this big shift, to be honest. The, the, the cloud services are really, really helping to increase the awareness that basically you need to have a different model of security. It must be easy, must be accessible from everywhere, must not change both the user experience or potentially break the... But this is really powerful for the, for the decision makers and stakeholders in, in companies using this service because if you think about it, application developers, right? When we meet application developers, a lot of them, they're not writing 100% of that code. A lot of that's coming from GitHub. A lot of it's inherited code. Or you could be a company who's acquired an organization through a merge and acquisition. All of a sudden, you've got to try and host their applications. Well, you might not be sure of the application. You might not be sure of the developers. One thing you can do by pointing an umbrella, it gives you a yeah. certain amount of space. Absolutely. And also... Pro protect the application users even if they are connecting from any other places yeah so it's uh that basically the world is changing the 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 the, the way, the way we, we consume stuff. exactly yeah. exactly is changing and the old the traditional models are i wouldn't say are not effective but the struggle to cope and most of all adapt quickly but then we've got the internet of things coming up over our shoulder oh. okay in our rear view mirror where you know you're going to have organizations deploying and provisioning these devices using apache camel or mmqt or whatever it is all of which again runs over public dns absolutely so so this essentially potentially is like a radar Yes, um, 
I would say that we are investing a lot in this space. Basically, we are, um, but the IoT is a big problem. But, but people think that IPv6 is the solution, which it's it, it's not. It's just an addressing schema. The, the problem the problem doesn't change. It's just the size of the problem. May, probably the sides will be bigger because obviously there will be more space for the criminals. But basically, yeah, absolutely, it's not the solution. The the, the problem with the IoT is, is that these devices are completely unattended and they can connect from everywhere. And most of all, they are entering our lives in multiple aspects, both in the from the personal, if we think to all the internet connected appliances and also from the professional standpoint, because of course we are replacing beamers with the smart TVs. And yeah. of, of course we don't talk uh, about in, in industrial control systems and all the digitalization of the but, 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 but you know you know many of these, these these industrial devices i've been working for a couple of years with an amazing italian little company called eurotech you may have heard of them and eurotech make these little boxes linux boxes which to you and i would be a server but it's not a server because it's in a box and it's painted red you know it still has ethernet ports it still has you know it still has a processor it still has messaging flash compact flash adapter etc it's still a server but because people deploy them differently, they don't look at them as servers. They don't treat them as servers. They treat them almost as devices rather than this thing with, with storage, which could become a jump-off box and become rooted in a massive botnet very quickly. And Umbrella gives you a story to tell about that. Absolutely. But uh, if we think also about uh, one of the, the IoT botnets, yeah. like uh, Mirai or... MRI is just the start. Yes, of course. There was. There it's almost like a proof of concept. There are already two evolutions. One is basically from uh, Iran called Persirai, if mm -hmm. I'm not wrong. But obviously, but did Umbrella see any of this traffic? Did Absolutely. Okay, and and what did it what did it flag to you? I mean, was it the volumes or? No, because at the end we were able to classify the 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 type of traffic, the domains, right used to for for instance to infect the machines right and also in to control them obviously we can block this traffic and we can provide visibility mm -hmm. for our customers that they have something inside which is be which is doing nasty things obviously and it doesn't depend on the specific port protocol as long as there's a dns request we can it doesn't depend on the port of protocol no because it's a it's dns Right. So of course, it but comes if I'm a developer and I'm writing an API, right? Mm -hmm. I'm writing an API to do network lookup. Yeah, I'm generating all that traffic. Yeah. It changes the nature of these devices. It's not, you know, back in the day, an a, a, a IoT device was like a serial and an OR gate. You know, it, it, it did one specific thing. Okay, it was very boring. It was on. It had an address. And it was either on or off or on or off. But now these IoT devices, they're doing so many things. And they will do more and more, obviously. And, and I'm part of the problem. You know, from the Linux community, we gave the world BusyBox and we yeah. gave the world all these cool tools. And people have taken them or they've taken a Linux distro and cut it down. And it's got all this capability. But unless we can physically see it as network architects and as security architects, it becomes very difficult to manage. Well, yeah, the, I think that it's a, the problem, as you said before, is that people 
forget that these are devices able to connect to the internet and most of all they have a server whether they are inside an organization or whether they are inside a kitchen if they are black boxes if they are appliances that can be controlled from internet that's that's basically the problem and everything that is exposed can be hijacked just like in case of mri and used for other purposes Unfortunately, the shape must not confuse. Even if something is, is a black box uh, and the internal de uh, de details are hidden, one must not forget that this thing can connect to the internet and yep. being abused by someone but with you, very you bad know intentions. And I know that this, you know, this software, it doesn't get the same level of checks and balances that you know, a startup, when, it, when, they, when they roll out their first you know it's fail often fail early fail often it doesn't go through the due diligence so at least no. if you can control at the network edge yes absolutely and this is the example of mirai was absolutely significant in this space because basically all these devices were built to heat the time to market in the shortest time and obviously they didn't care about about security they ended up to have hard-coded yeah. administrative credentials yeah because I don't care about security. I care to I will ship a root password with my device yes. a million times. Yes, hard-coded. Yeah. I, will, I will launch my device in the market as soon as possible. I will make it easier to manage because otherwise people won't I'll, buy it. I'll spend $8 on the software and $40 on the box. And that's, that's, the, that's the problem. Obviously, obviously we, we, can, we help because we can help to make these things secure. We, we help to make... Uh, to provide visibility, but in the same time, I think that all the in also the industry must change approach because basically we can't keep on patching and patching and patching original. But, but do you think you know Umbrella as part of Cisco has a I would say like a, a life cycle to to suggest that it could become part and parcel of a better way of doing things. We work on a different layer, let's say. We work when the device connect, we, our action um, is, happens when the device connects to the internet. As I said be before, we can provide visibility, we can help to contain, we can help to remediate, but as I said before, as more and more devices connect to the internet, I think that security must become an important process in the development of the product of the solution the, the but, fact but, but but if you if you talk about security we're, we're at the biggest security show in europe kicking off tomorrow okay if you were to walk around the show floor it's about vulnerability management it's about threat intelligence okay if you look at all the one you shiny boxes with the flashing lights mm. we're all selling confidence but uh, it's being able to see the bigger picture and if you're handling 100 billion lookups per day mm-hmm that gives you a massive amount of absolutely oversight yes in every in every field even in things that are apparently unrelated for instance we were talking about the threat landscape another problem that um, i'm afraid will be more and more common is the abuse of the authentication tokens mm. okay just it happened more or less one month ago with a massive phishing campaign against gmail users mm -hmm. exploiting which the worst thing was if you know if you i have a U2, u2f token didn't matter wouldn't have made any difference whatsoever Once I gave because the permission. it was at a different layer i was already authenticated against my account 
once I was authenticated, if I click a link, I'm trusted. Yes, and I give the permission to the application to do exactly. whatever it wants, and obviously changing the password won't help. Nonetheless, via, we have a specific solution to address this case called cl CloudLock, but nonetheless, oh, I know CloudLock. Yeah. Umbrella was able to detect a spike of traffic to these new domains that were hosting the fake Google Docs. So basically, TNS helps everywhere as long as the device connects to the internet via a DNS re request, which is obviously the majority, the vast majority of the cases. And obviously this data can be collected, can be correlated. We have a set of dozens of algorithms that help that uh, detect anomalies, whether a, a botnet is in action, whether a spam campaign is happening, whether an attack like the one I mentioned previously is happening. And obviously we have the intelligence, we have the data first off, yeah. and we have the intelligence to connect the dots and spot these threats hopefully. Sometimes even before they are launched on a wide scale, in other cases we help to contain and slow down the spread. Where can people find out more about Umbrella? Uh, they can go to, uh, W to um, opendns.com that will read re redirect to the umbrella page but i really really suggest to sign up for a trial to signup.umbrella.com it is possible to get a, a a free license just to point the dns to us more technical documents are in our blog post and also Mm, product documentation is available on docs.umbrella.com and also learn-umbrella.cisco.com Thank you very much, Paolo, for being on the podcast. Thank you for your time and uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm.